This is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like two point four billion dollars. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you were going to go there. Walleyes relating to deep mud, where there's schools of bait fish. Today's show is brought to you by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. The Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is part of the Sporting Journal Radio family, where our mission is to hunt, fish, conserve, and do it all over again. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to sportingjournalradio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at sportingjournalradio.com. Hey, there we go. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, on this station right here, by demand, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts or at sportingjournalradio.com. Dan Amundsen with, is with us right over there, and uh, Joe Henry is in the middle. Joe, how's it going? Uh, hello, gentlemen. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Um, I don't know if there's much to talk about when it comes to <laughs> fishing border waters or being up around Canada or Lake of the Woods or anything like that. Is there anything to talk about, Joe, at all? Well, you know what? I'm going to let you decide. Now, let's paint a scenario for you. So, Brett Amundsen, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to say that all that Canadian water that's adjacent to the Northwest Angle, you know, it's already a, one of the best fisheries in the world. So what we're going to do just for a trial is we're going to let it sit and basically be unfished for two straight summers. And then we're going to open it up. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, fishing is going to be really good. They're freaking jumping in the boat. I mean, uh, I'm talking to muskie anglers. Holy smokes. I'm talking to walleye anglers. There was there was a, uh, a group of uh, uh, older gentlemen who've been coming to the angle for years. And, of course, when they, they knew the, the border was going to open on Monday, August 9th, they were ready to roll early in the morning. So they shot out of the resort around, uh, well, I think it was just a little before 7. They're back at 8.30 with two limits of walleyes. And they said, oh, my Lord, it was bloody. <laughs> so... Um, it, it just, you know, all the reports are so good. So Northwest Angler Resorts are definitely open for business. Um, you can fish both the Minnesota side of the Northwest Angle, like always, or you are allowed to venture over into Ontario waters. Um, and fishing has been just phenomenal. Um, and then of course that brings us to, you know, travel. How do you get up there? Right? Well, let's, can we, let's just talk about fishing in Canadian waters yeah. for just a second, because uh originally i don't think that was part of the message right originally when they talked about opening the border you could travel across but you still wouldn't be able to fish uh on the other side if you were on a border water like lake of the woods and then the announcement came out that you can right that was kind of a late addition wasn't it just yeah it was it was just a couple of days before and so yeah we were we were we 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 didn't know i mean we we had no reason to believe and in fact there was articles out there in the media which you got to be careful but there were articles out in the media including some attorneys quoted that said no traveling to ontario or should say canada waters and so we had reason to believe that for some reason the water portion wasn't going to open but uh but all of a sudden it is and you know we have we have reason to believe and you know i don't want to get in the weeds here but there's a treaty i think it's called the treaty of 1909 uh, perhaps it's a Paris Treaty of 1909 that that uh, has some certain things in it, and I just wonder if there isn't something in there that helped make that decision possible. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it, it is it is true that you are allowed to go in. So what happens is when you go, if you go into um, you know Ontario or Canada waters, 
and you are going to touch land or moor a boat or touch a dock or do whatever, then you have to check in, um, you know, with normal requirements with your uh, Arrive Cam app, with your, you know, vaccination card uploaded to that and with your um, PCR COVID test, otherwise known as molecular test, that's less than 72 hours old. So you have to report through to Canada. Now, if you are staying at the Northwest Angle, as an example, and you want to boat over into Ontario waters just for the day to go fishing, and you don't touch land, don't do a shore lunch or anything, you're just going to go fishing and not touch land. You don't even have to call in. You can just boat over into Ontario waters, do your you do your deal, whack your fish all day long, and then boat back. You don't have to contact uh, the 888-CAN-PASS number, which is how you normally would check into Canada um, if you were going to touch land. Now, if you are going to do a shore lunch, it doesn't have to be a huge deal in, in Ontario waters. You could simply call the 888-CAN-PASS and you know, just make sure you have your credentials ready to roll and they'll check you in. So is that, is it essentially like it was before? Yes, it is. It is just like it was before. The caveat is, you know, when you enter Canada and you're going to touch land, um, it's not like before because, you know, you, you have to have the Arrive Can app and your vaccination card and your, your COVID test. But um, as far as going by boat and not touching land, it is the same. You can go over and boat over and no check-in required. And then, of course, you come back. So the day before the border opened, I saw a picture in one of the Facebook groups on social media, on fa- uh, one of the groups on Facebook, one of the fishing groups on Facebook is what I'm trying to say. And it was the lineup uh, to, to go up to the angle is there was cars and trucks and boats backed up and people getting ready to get across the border. And at some of the other, I don't, I don't remember exactly. I think I heard maybe six hours was the wait to get across or something like that. I heard varied reports about it. And I heard some other people that took five hours, eight hours at other points of entry and things like that. What's is this? It? Yeah. Oh yeah. Here, it took them seven and a half hours tie to get across the border there. But, um, what I'd assume that was mainly for that first day. And it's probably, probably calmed down quite a bit since then well that was also that was also that long wait you heard of like seven hour wait is what i heard was mainly for the i falls border oh, okay going up that way uh over on our neck what's in fact a lot of people brett um if they're going to be crossing the border to avoid that longer wait times in international falls head north a lot of people will just take that one hour trip over to Badet and go across the border there even if it takes sure. them a little bit out of their way because ultimately they're saving time in fact what a lot of people that go to canada fishing will do is they'll slide over to Badet. Have a have a nice meal, a couple of drinks the night before, and then uh, take off in the morning. You know, virtually no wait times at the border, or very low wait times at the mm-hmm. border going across. Plus, it's kind of a fun place to hang your hat for a night and get refreshed before you, you slide on over. Start start of your vacation, but that's why. And, and yeah, we didn't have the big long waits. We did have a lineup on the opening night, but not a big long wait like uh, like they did in other places. Mm, yeah, I, I thought I couldn't believe that people were lining up. Like I, I figured people would be excited to go and, you know, the morning that it opened up, they'd be, you know, headed up, headed up to Canada. But I didn't even think about people lining up the night before uh, to get across the next morning as soon as it opened up. Did it open at well, midnight? Midnight. Yeah. So it was a midnight thing. And that's why, you know, gotcha. so I'm sure they wanted to be, you know, well, let's uh, let's get up there. Or let's be on the water by the morning, daybreak or whatever. But uh, but yeah, there's a lot of excitement. Hmm. How's it? Uh, how are things? You know, what what are people up at the angle saying right now? Then are they are they pretty relieved? Well, so, or? well yeah. So so here's the thing: is that okay? So when you travel up to the Northwest Angle, you got to have your credentials. You drive up, and then you know you're up there, you know, vacationing for a week or however many days you go, 
And then, of course, now you have to travel back south through Canada again. And, you know, you're, you're going to need a uh, right now, a, a Canada Border Services Agency is saying that, you know, you do need a an active COVID test. that's less than 72 hours. So you will need a new test coming south. So we're in the process of, uh, um, you, you know, getting tests and test kits available up at the northwest angle that will get you a, uh, you know, a result in about uh, 20 to 25 minutes. So mm. we have solutions that way. Uh, some people are still coming up via, um, you know, North Country Air or Beaver Tours, which is uh, the flight service. And some people are coming up via Lake of Woods Passenger Service, which is a, a charter boat service that takes you from the south end of the lake, avoids all customs, gets you up to the northwest angle, and will take you back when you're when you're done with your trip. The caveat there is that if you go by boat, um, Lake of the Woods Passenger Service or Lake Country Air, you can't bring your own boat with you. You'll have to rent a boat or get a guide. So obviously the the market will dictate the future of those passenger services, but were those are they planning just to stay in business? Were they were they kind of oh, filling yeah. in? Oh, so it's they're, they're planning to be around forever then. Yeah, well, you know, forever forever is a long time, but I mean, you know, yeah, um, they, yes, they, they they don't plan on going away. Certainly, yeah. that filled a void during this time. But at the right. same time, you know, if you have anybody with a DUI that can't get through Canada, mm. if you got a group of six people and one has a DUI and you can't get through Canada, you know, jumping on a charter boat or a plane on the way up would be great. Some people say, "Geez, the fishing is so good in in uh, the Northwest Angle. Never realized it was that good. Maybe I don't have to drive so far north." The other thing is. The accommodations of the resorts are so nice up at the Northwest Angle. I can fish both Minnesota waters. I can fish Ontario waters. You know, really have everything there. Some people like the the, the kind of the uh, the North Country feel of taking a float plane up. It's quick. It's easy. And, you know, it's just kind of that fly-in feel. So you're flying up to a local resort there. You're jumping in with very, very, very good guides up there that are going to put you on fish. They're going to do a shore lunch like you've never tasted before. I mean, it is a fun experience. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was kind of a temporary thing like, say, the ice road was last winter or not. But that that's cool. It's nice to have those options up there. And, if Joe, if people want to learn more about those options or just about planning a trip to Lake of the Woods, what should they do? You know what? Check out our website, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. On X Hunt, ever heard of it? Next time you see that guy at your local shop who always punches his tag on a stud whitetail, ask him. He'll tell you about the most trusted source for mapping with nationwide landowner names, private and public land boundaries, including walk-in areas, map tools to mark spots, and the ability to view your maps without cell service. And that's just scratching the surface. It's your time to be known as the big buck guy around town. Download the leader in hunt mapping on Google Play or the App Store. On X Hunt, know where you stand. All right, welcome back. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on this station right here, By Demand, SportingJournalRadio.com, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Or maybe you're watching this on your favorite social media platform. Thanks for doing it. In any case, Dan Amundsen is with us right there. Dan, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Dan and I have been uh, talking about making plans to go to Game Fair, which is coming up. And uh, we've got a couple of other guys that are going to be at Game Fair. Well, Corey, I know you're getting packed, so we're going to bring you on right away. And Ben, Corey Loeffler, DRC Call Company, and Ben Bredigan, Onyx. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Thanks for being good on the show. Dream. Well, I want, and there's stuff going on with both you guys that I wanted to talk about. Uh, but first of all, you were both together up in Alaska recently, and it just looked like no fun at all. Uh, record number of uh, reds or sockeye salmon running 
in the Kenai River, uh, partially because of a commercial fishery shutdown. And um, man, we couldn't keep them off the line. It was it was tight lines and full backpacks all weekend. So it was a re- so you've been going up there for a few years. That's the best you've ever seen it. Oh, by far the best I've ever seen or fished in. Um, so there, the, the oh boy, it's 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 a pretty loaded subject, loaded topic. But um, the king salmon are the big dogs, and uh, their populations are kind of struggling. And I would uh, I would attribute it to a lot to do with the trawlers. Um, and so what the trawlers are doing, they're out off typically off the shores of Kodiak Island and they are trawling for Alaskan Pollock. So if you see that on a fast food sign as you're driving by fresh wild caught Alaskan Pollock fish sandwiches, something like that, I would encourage you to keep on driving because they are not sustainably caught. Um, the king salmon and a lot of small halibut, um, they basically are trawling for those pollock in the halibut nurseries. And so they are just very detrimental to the a lot of the salmon species populations and the, the small halibut populations as well. So um, the Alaskan pollock thing, I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, and it was kind of tough to see the commercial uh, fishing the the gill netters get shut down that are trying to gill net those uh, Kenai red salmon or, or Kenai sockeyes out in the ocean. Um, it's kind of tough to see those guys get shut down because that's a very sustainable resource. And uh, but they're trying to keep the numbers up for the Kenai kings, which we saw a mounted one at one of my friends' house up there, Jess Richardson. He's got a Kenai King on his wall that goes 89 and a half pounds and the thing stretches over the span of his doorway and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so they're really just trying to bring that fishery back. That's why the shut the commercial shutdown was there. And that's, I think, has a, a big part to do with why the red run was so in insanely productive this year and we saw so many fish but if you jump on the alaskan fishing game website you can see the daily counts of fish that are running up the rivers um and so we were able to keep an eye on the fish counts as we were fishing and man we saw ben what we see days up over 150,000, right yeah it was ridiculous and you told me you said don't expect to see this again anytime soon it was absolutely wild I got us all jumbled up here on the screen. Sorry about that. I'm learning something here. Yeah, Ben, had you ever been up there for that before? No, I had never, never been up there before, never been to Alaska. And up until about like two and a half weeks ago, I had no intentions anytime soon. Until a week before the trip, Corey says, hey, you want to go to Alaska? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hard to to pass up that one. And it's something that, it's like elk hunting. It's, it's something that it would be hard to go a year without doing just cause it was, the, you know, it's Alaska. And even if the fishing was half or a quarter as good, it was just a awesome experience. Well, it, it's Alaska and it's fishing, which is great. And 
you know, I've been hearing about it for a few years now, and it, it's almost like you get an image in your head of what is actually happening up there. And then when you see it, it's a little bit different. Like Corey watching some of your, your snaps or your Instagram stories of watching it. And you were, you were one handing it obviously, cause you were filming too. You were out in the water, out in the river, you got a bait casting, uh, reel and, but you're not really casting. You're just kind of flipping, flipping something out there and, and just kind of bringing it back. I mean, there, there isn't a whole lot of casting as you know like i'm i'm picturing guys casting across this river and you know some sort of finesse fishing or something like that so that's not really the case is it uh no not really the typically the reds and a few other salmon species will just um they're traveling from the ocean upstream to their breeding grounds and uh, while they're doing that like say the kenai river or the the copper river are extremely fast rivers and especially out in the middle the current's the strongest and then by the banks the current is the weakest so they a lot of those salmon typically will migrate along the shores or along the banks of the river and then that's why they're they're fairly easy to catch because you can go stand in knee deep or shin deep water and flip your line out there and the fish uh, Ben and I, we saw, we had polarized glasses on and we saw thousands and thousands of fish within three to five feet of us. Um, like I said, standing in shin deep water. Are so, they bumping into you at all when you're, are they, are they sw swimming around you at least? Or are they bumping into you? I, uh, yeah, I've had them bump into me a few times, That's uh, pretty cool. especially when Ben tail hooks one or something goes <laughs> ripping around all over the place. Kind of tough to <laughs> Man, Ben, so were you surprised at, at how the fishing, you know, like the techniques to catch those fish, Ben? Yeah, so I was, you know, initially reading up on it just because I didn't didn't really know. I didn't have a whole lot of information. And reading up on it, it was like a little, I guess you could say controversial. Like I wasn't, uh, it's like, oh, this is cool. Like it sounds like it's essentially just snagging. Um, but then after going and doing it, it was, there's a lot of skill that goes into it. And it's, it's, you know, you have to be really dialed in and a difference between a four foot leader, a three foot leader and a five foot leader will completely change the game. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of skill that goes into it. it it's, it's definitely a learning curve. And, and, you know, there's some people that do it the wrong way. And Corey, like you were saying, you were kind of taught the right way to do it. And it's ridiculously effective. Well, and the beauty of it is I think it's it's managed tightly. I mean, it's regulated uh, and, and the, the it's, you know, you're, you guys are up there for the meat. Like it's a the, the meat is so good from those fish that you're not obviously they're not going to waste. You're not just up there killing fish or whatever. You're uh, you're filling freezers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that I really love about Alaska and the Alaskan people and the way that they make rules um, and which is quite a bit different than what we see in Minnesota, but they make their rules and they will allow you to responsibly, responsibly um, make hay when the sun shines. When, this, when the reds are in, they'll allow you to go and get them. Um, when the caribou are in, they'll allow you to go and get them. As long as you're doing it uh, with respect to that natural resource and you're utilizing every part of that uh, or, fit, or game that you can, um, so with the way the possession limits work with those fish, once you have that fish, and I think the law reads something like once you have it so that it could sustain 30 days in its current state. So like if you, um, smoked it 
and dried it out. Well, it could sustain 30 days, you know, sitting on the on the counter like that or in the fridge. Um, if you froze it rock hard and and had it in your deep freeze, it can obviously sustain 30 days that way as well. So once that fish is basically taken care of and prepared, um, it is not counted in your possession limit so they allow you to go out there and basically if you're if you're making use of them you can go out and get as many as you want as many as as you're going to use for the year so mm. uh, that's what the trip is for myself and for my family i do it basically every year and i go up there and fillet fish like a madman ben ben took over that job most of the time this trip and um he is man he has gotten good at filleting salmon i tell you that uh <laughs> just don't but, eat uh, don't eat the first or second day salmon the, the, by the end of the trip they, they got to be a lot better <laughs> had a little practice uh, by the end yeah. yeah so we we know what we're doing up there and done it uh, for many years and we get to we get get those fish we get them filleted we get them frozen and as fast as we can we actually were able to vacuum seal them up there this year which is super convenient and um and then yeah fly them check them like a check luggage coming home fly them home and we were able to bring you know over 100 pounds of fish home with us and that'll wow. for sure get us through the year and uh, i've got uh, three girls and 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 a wife and they all absolutely just love salmon and i love putting that food on the table too just because it's it's so healthy it's wild caught wild raised salmon the fats in the in the meat i mean it's delicious and all those natural fish fats are awesome for a, a whole slew of different things for your body so so if i um, if i come see you at game fair are you gonna be able to uh, have some of that cooking up behind the booth back there or what oh yeah well i mean i'll have a uh, a raw I mean, I'll have a, a frozen raw package in the cooler so you can see the color. The color is like none other. Um, but yeah, we're going to be cooking salmon every day at Game Fair. Absolutely. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to FindingFins.com and make sure to like our sponsors. Hey, anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Bedette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskie. Plus, you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com.